0: Plot twists. We are obsessed with them. In film, life and love, they turn up everywhere. It's that moment in a story that takes you in an unexpected direction. I'm Tom, super fan of cinema, sport, comedy, and I'm partial to the old impression. And throughout this series brought to you by Now and Sky, I'll be interviewing TV and film stars asking them all about the plot twist moments that define their lives and careers. So expect the unexpected and hopefully some behind-the-scenes gems you've never heard before. Expect spoilers. It's great to be back. A new series of plot twists. You know, it's been a pretty busy start to the year. Lots of new series, feature films to watch. And I was reflecting, we're four years into this podcast and approaching 100 episodes. That's pretty wild. I mentioned some of those series I've been watching. True Detective, Night Country, the fourth instalment in that franchise. It might be the best yet. Controversial, but it really is superb. Jodie Foster, Katie reese they are a formidable one-two punch. And it just so happens that the two-time Academy Award winner, Jodie Foster, might be appearing on Plot Twist next week. So there's a little tease for you. It's also been Pancake Day and Valentine's Day which is quite topical because we're talking about rom-coms this week with our guest, the very charming Tom Ellis, who's just appeared in a new film called Players on Netflix opposite Gina Rodriguez. If you like light-hearted rom-coms, this will be the one for you. So Tom is our guest this week. Listeners in the UK will probably know him for playing Gary in Miranda, Miranda Hart's comedy, great show. And then globally, Tom is known for his role in Lucifer, playing Lucifer Morningstar, who was bored of his life as Lord of Hell. He abandons his throne to run his own high-end nightclub in Los Angeles, working as a civilian consultant for the local police. Yes, it's as fun as it sounds. The show lasted five years. It had a huge following. Caught a little bit of controversy when it's cancelled by Fox, picked up by Netflix. There was a huge reaction from the Lucifans, as they're affectionately known, the power of the audience, and perhaps even a rare social media win where... The outcry meant that Netflix picked it up and it went to an even bigger global audience. Away from acting, Tom has recently welcomed baby number four. Four girls, proper girl dad. It's his first with his wife, screenwriter Megan Oppenheimer. And they're actually working on a show together, Tell Me Lies. Tom is joining series two. Pretty busy creative household. So I spoke to Tom from the US where he now lives and we started our call with some typical technical difficulties. It always happens, right? But as you'll hear, Tom's a pretty breezy guy. So let's get to it.
1: Since you took your love away. Bah, bah. Oh, my God. Here we go. Mr. Tom Ellis. Oh, I
0: can hear you so much, better. Perfect. Thank you so much for coming on Plot Twist. It's lovely to have you on. I wish we could Thank do this Tom. in person. I really do. I, I know. You know I, asked, I asked for the business class flights. So I said no. So <laughs> I thought... Maybe we could, I don't know, use a bit of imagination. That's, we could be on a caravan site, you know, a farm in the Brecon Beacons. That would be... You
1: know. My favourite place in the world, Tommy. How did there you know There go. Wow. Well, yeah,
0: I, <laughs> I thought that'd be quite nice. That'd be quite nice. That you know. be, have have that'd coffee. be lovely. That'd be a, have a coffee. Make a rope swing. <laughs> yeah. You're in the US. I am. I'm here in the UK. It feels like quite a big year for America, 2024. As a Brit living there, how are you uh, assessing things? How are you finding it all?
1: I'm a bit nervous, Tom, to be honest. Um, <laughs> it doesn't feel that long since we ousted that awful president. And it, I can't believe it's come back round again. And I can't believe that people still are willing to vote for him. That's the most alarming thing, I think, out here. And I don't think that it's people are willing to vote because they think he's great. They're willing to vote because he's the Republican candidate. Hmm. And they're willing to overlook all the other things It's mind-boggling for me. So I just really pray that people come out and vote, because I think if everyone does vote, then we won't see Mr Trump back in.
0: Yeah, it kind of feels like those are on the sofa deliberating. Those are going to be the key ones, you know, deciding this election.
1: It's... I mean... uh... Yes, and it, again, I it, like for someone to think that there's even like a thought of like, is it, should he be this person or this person, boggles my mind, but that is modern politics these days.
0: Yeah, well, it's not just in America, it's across, it's across the world. No, so.
1: I know, it's like, either have this rubbish yeah. person or this even worse person, and it's like, <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> what do we do?
0: Obviously, come on to talk about your new film, Players, on mm-hmm. Netflix, on Valentine's Day, correct me if I'm wrong. Indeed. Um, you know, it's been really fun looking at your story, because there is this sort of juxtaposition where... Like looking back to you as a seventeen year old in Rotherham doing audits on truck parts and then here you are <laughs> here you are about to, you know, launch this big movie on Netflix, you know, you've got this massive series behind you. It's like, what a story. It's quite incredible.
1: Thanks. I forgot about that warehouse in Rotherham. <laughs> <laughs> Literally the most mind numbing job I've ever done in my life. Um, yeah. No, I I I'm very happy with the way things are going and I think when I decided that I wanted to be an actor at 17, I just hoped that I would work and I have done. It's been quite a ride, but I really, I'm really glad that my old drama teacher convinced my parents that I should go to drama school or at least audition.
0: It's a Claire Pender.
1: <laughs> yeah, Claire. Yeah. Yeah. A big stalwart in my life. And we're still friends now. We still catch up when oh, I go to Sheffield. That. Oh, yeah. 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 She's awesome.
0: Yeah, when we think about heroes, you obviously have those big figures, you know, often from TV and film, but actually those people around you when you grew up and gave you some pointers and advice, they're they're invaluable.
1: Oh, for sure. And certainly going into drama or going into acting, most people and most parents are incredibly nervous about their kids doing that. But Claire, you know, she really convinced my parents that this is something I should at least try. And I will always love her for that.
0: At 17, were you dreaming big were you envisaging I mean obviously the landscape has changed massively since then but yeah yeah did you think about where you could go and what you could do in acting
1: I didn't think about where it would take me so much as I think my main thing was I love doing this and I would love to do this as a job my experience up to that point was very limited and it was only on stage and so my, that's where my head was at you know I want to be an actor and I work, work in these different theatres and stuff and then of course, you enter the profession you realize that as just a tiny percentage of the work that's out there and certainly a tiny percentage of your rent or mortgage repayments (laughs) so you have to kind of like look elsewhere when you realize that this is like your livelihood as well as your passion so um yeah I don't know I don't know what I thought going to drama school I just thought I really enjoy this and I'd love to come out and work essentially I think that that felt like the biggest achievement to be honest um, you said
0: that when you did the first sort of... I've seen other interviews you spoke about when you first fell into acting, I suppose, that it just... it was it fit. It just, it just worked. Can you yeah. remember sort of the feeling that you had that kind of you thought, this is it, I have to do this? Because that's quite unique at 17 to find that.
1: Yeah, I mean, I was one of those people that I was, I was capable at doing anything. Like, I could get decent grades and all of that sort of stuff, but I'm someone who... I have a, have a difficult time applying myself to something if I don't enjoy it. Um, <laughs> do. And that, you know, falling into drama, it felt like, that it wasn't that I didn't have to work for it, but it felt so much more instinctive. It felt so much more natural. And my dad likes to tell the story about, oh, I always knew you were going to be an actor because, so I have a twin sister. Um, and when myself and my twin were born in Cardiff in 1978, we were at the University Hospital in Wales, and uh, at the time, uh, we were the heaviest twins ever to be born on record. And oh my God! Word had got around when my mum went into labour that these massive twins were going to be born, <laughs> and so there was a huddle of, of medical students at the business end of my mum, uh, basically <laughs> watching this, you know, this landmark kind of delivery. And my dad was like, you know, you came out to an audience. So like, it doesn't surprise me at all that that's like what you get out of it. And there is a certain degree of, you know, I, most actors will tell you this, you know, it appeals to your ego in a certain way. And I think that kind of gratification that you Mm. get from performing and that two way you know, conversation with the audience is something that just felt very natural for me and something that, you know, I'm an extrovert and I kind of get energized from other people Mm. and, um, this it felt like the perfect profession for that. To be perfectly honest, with You, <laughs> you so, know, it's yeah. funny. We've had a lot of people on here,
0: and it, whether they're five years old in front of their family at Christmas or fall into acting, I guess like you did, you know, a few years yeah. later, there there is that interaction. It just gives gives them that stimulus to then say, "This is what I want to do," and how mm. you know my for career sure. is Sure, I set. think
1: I think that's a huge, huge part of it. To to be a performer you have to perform to someone it's never for yourself Mm. and so that is I think one of the things that really attracted me I love that do you want to go into a plot twist question
0: from the off should we go straight in yes do it the main plot twist then so in your story and I imagine there'll be quite a few but if you had to pick out a main plot twist an unexpected event in your life that has changed your trajectory in some capacity what what stands out as the ultimate plot twist
1: I think it was so I'd been coming out to the states for a few years to do this thing called pilot season which is when all the TV networks are making pilots of their new prospective shows for their next you know year of programming and it is very much I used to call it a festival of auditioning you would be spend like 3 weeks in LA and every day you would probably have 3 or 4 cast things to go to I mean, it's brutal, Tom. It's like i, I used to being in the u k where you'd go to an audition, you'd have a cup of tea, you'd have a little natter and then you'd should we have a little read? yes have a little read um whereas this is like you come in, stand on the spot, go, and then thank you very much, see you later and it 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 was a very different type of process, and I did that for a few years, and i you know there was a lot of people that would come out and I'd see a lot of you know well established British actors out here having a terrible time going to these auditions and feeling like you know they were starting again. But I did it two years in a row when I got pilots, which felt like a massive achievement. They didn't then get picked up. And having watched them back, I understand why. Um, terrible, terrible things. But then I, I'd had this conversation with myself. I was like, do I want to put myself through that again? Mm. And then I was doing a play in London. And it wasn't pilot season. It was what they call half, I don't. it was mid-season, what they call. And every now and again, they would do these pilots mid-season. I got a call from my team in the States and they said, this pilot's coming and we wanted to put you on tape for it. And I remember reading it and it was called Rush. And I remember reading it thinking, oh shit, this is it, this is the one. Like I felt the character, the script, like I've been waiting, you know, over the years of like doing and working and I'd sort of realized what my strengths were, what my weaknesses were and what I was sort of gravitating towards part-wise. And this thing came in and I remember reading it and thinking, I think this is it, I think this is my opportunity. I remember telling myself, if you do a good job with this, I think you've got a real chance of getting it. And I put myself on tape with a friend of mine and sent it off and literally, and this never happens, so literally within 24 hours I had a call from the director saying, I've just seen your tape, I want you to do it. And I was like, holy shit. And it was like a big juicy lead role and a big US TV show, the name of the show and all of that. you know. And I was like, I can't believe this is happening pinch me, but I grasped it with both hands, the opportunity, and I and I just applied myself to it and I had a great time doing it. Um, and that basically was the thing that changed things for me over here because I was then seen by the studios as a leading man and someone who could carry a show and all of these big hefty statements they like to put on things. And, you know, Rush was cancelled after the first season, but I never panicked about that. And I wasn't too dis- I was disappointed because I loved it, but I was not too disappointed because I knew that I'd done everything I could to-, to make it successful. And then it was maybe two, three months after that that Lucifer came around, and I remember getting a sprit for that, thinking, "I think this may be the next job."
0: <laughs> I think
1: it um And the rest, you know, it just. it snowballed from there should we say
0: yeah for sure yeah domino effect it's funny isn't it with interviews because whether it's acting or any profession actually there's always this thing about experience and but you've got to give people the chance to showcase what they can (coughs) do you
1: know you do you do and I think one of the things that I found about coming to the states they are so blissfully ignorant over here if you haven't made (laughs) it over here or they don't know who you are then you're nobody but I'd come over with 15 years of experience and so I felt really confident walking into these rooms because I had that experience. It wasn't like Mm -hmm. I was just suddenly deciding to give it it a go, you know, Um, but because they didn't know I had the experience, they were like, oh my God, who's this guy? And it it was just, it was kind of weird, but you just, I think trying to keep a level head in the the process all the time and just remember what your unique qualities are and trusting that really puts you in good stead. You seem like you had a good mindset
0: going into that. Have you always been hopeful?
1: Yeah, I have actually. I think it's something, I mean, you know, when people talk about what, you know, what my favorite film is, Shawshank Redemption. Great classic. And I, of course, and I think, well, one of my favorite films, at least, certainly top five. But it is to me, that's the ultimate film about hope. And I love hope. I think hope is one of the best things we have. Certainly, when the world is in the state, it's in at the moment.
0: I was just going to say, we need it now more than ever.
1: Yeah, and I think if you don't have hope, you don't have anything. So, yeah, I do. I, I And maybe that's something that was quietly installed in me when you know when I was a kid. I grew up in the church. My dad was a pastor. I wasn't particularly religious, but I went every week. And I think maybe by osmosis, this sense of hope and feeling like you've got someone on your shoulder... You know, yeah, that's how I feel.
0: <laughs> that's a nice thing to have.
1: Yeah, I know it, and I, I feel very blessed to have like had that experience. Since I decided to be an actor, I always I hoped it would work out, but I also believed it may well do. It has, right? It has yeah, I know out. it has worked out. I know. I'm very happy about that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, just I read a quote you saying about. You know, being Doctor Who, and you said, "Well, actually, I've kind of had it. You know, I've, I've been star of this great show that's, you know, got this amazing army of, of fans. It's like this, this is my Doctor. Who. You, you've had no, that it was
1: very much was my Doctor Who, and and like playing such a kind of eccentric yeah. character as well. Sure, you know, when people think about Doctor Who, that's what people think about. And I was like, no, I've I've done it. It's just Doctor Devil instead. Yeah. <laughs> um, this, if we're going to take this up a notch, right?
0: I've got a segment, a fun little thing. Fans of this show know I like a hypothetical. So I'm going to throw something at you and we're just going to we'll have a bit of fun and see where we go. Let's say a Sky Cinema comes in with unlimited budget and they throw a script at you. And similar to some of the scripts we just spoke about, and you say, this is me. I really mm-hmm. want to do this. And they said, we're thinking about a co-star for you. And we've got Tom Hanks or Kenneth Branagh. Oof. Where are you leaning here? So if we're Oh-oh. starting off with the casting. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm putting you in a spot because I know you appreciate those guys.
1: I do. I mean, big uh, Ken Branagh is probably one of the one of the actors that I zoned in on when I was a kid. I, I certainly remember, you know, I'd, I had no idea what we were reading when we were doing Romeo and Juliet at school in like the third year of secondary school. And then thinking, how do people understand Shakespeare? And then watching He'd Just Done Much Ado About Nothing with uh, Emma Thompson. And it just blew my mind. I was like, what? I understand it. This is amazing, and his range is incredible. Tom Hanks just feels like a member of the family. I've <laughs> just watched everything <laughs> yeah. he's done. Yeah, just watched everything he's done since I was a kid, and loved it. You know, and I love, I love his kind of boyish charm that he has. Mm. So, out of those two, do I have to choose between them? That's so sad. Can well, they not be in the really same? That's what,
0: That's what the commissioners are telling me. That's you
1: know. Okay, um, I'm going to go with Branner. I'm going to go with Branner interesting for sure because I just think that he's just technically perfect yeah he's
0: super I like that I was going to be a bit silly and say a guest appearance Obama or Arsene Wenger you know whether
1: (laughs) I'd probably go Obama these days I do love Arsene Wenger but like any opportunity to meet Obama yeah people say
0: who's this kind of dream interview and obviously apart from Tom Ellis I probably would say Obama you know that's
1: well, it's very nice to be I thought of in that no company. <laughs> I just think it'd be fascinating. Yeah, oh, I think it would be for sure. I just think it's yeah, incredibly. Story. I think I just would be incredibly sad that he can't run again. I mean, I remember the day that he that he got voted in, and it just felt like, oh, finally, finally, we can breathe. The world has a leader, you know, and and America likes to put itself front and center of being the leader of the world, and finally, we have someone who can do that. And someone who we can, you know, associate with, and someone who has compassion and empathy and leads with kindness and all of those great things that leaders should do, and just to see where it's gone to, it's incredibly sad. Especially as a parent yeah. as well.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, congratulations, you know. I should say actually, on your thank you. Your, your is it daughter My number newest? four. Yeah. Yeah, number four now. How, how have you found that? Has that been a? It must be a joyful experience.
1: Oh, it's it's amazing. I mean, it's quite a big gap between my what was my youngest and now my youngest, but I, I love babies. <laughs> I've always loved babies. I don't know why. And, yeah, Dolly's just, she's a dream. She really is. Oh, she's best. very chill. And she's already spent a lot of time on set because uh, we're here at the moment shooting. And uh, both me and mum are working on the same thing.
0: I was going to say she's got a very creative uh, acting sort of background,
1: you know. The, she does. She does. She really does. Yeah, she does. But she's going to be a golfer. I'm just putting that out there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> let's do. I mean, I don't know how to segue to to Netflix and players. I'm not sure uh, how that would work. But let's talk about it anyway. Well, you, know, it, you could say
1: that we shot it when we shot this. Neither Gina or I had, had had baby Well, I had my children, my older children, but I had not had babies. Now Gina and I are both parents since we shot right. this film.
0: Was it in two thousand? Was it twenty one? You,
1: you yeah, starting quite a while ago. It was. Yeah, we're still, we're still COVID rules and stuff on set. Yeah, it's been a while. It's been a while.
0: Yeah, that's. Um, it kind of feels like a lifetime ago, actually.
1: All of that. It did. Well, I remember watching it, going, "Oh, I forgot about this." But oh, I forgot about it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Bit. yeah. But um, no, I'm. I'm just. I am super delighted with how it turned out, actually, because when it's been that long, you're thinking. Have they not released this because it's no good? Have they not released this, you know, for whatever reasons? But um, no, I think they were just holding on to it for the appropriate air date. And it's... Uh, and Valentine's yeah. Day is good fun. Yeah, a rom-com on Valentine's Day. I cannot what, complain what about you want. Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> you're, um, you're playing war correspondent Nick Russell, opposite mm-hmm.
1: Gina Rodriguez,
0: who plays Mackenzie, or Mac, as she likes to be known as her friends. Uh, you are you are the eligible bachelor. That would be, the I think, the right way of putting it's it. The way, um, that's the way to put it. Yeah. Her her previous dating life has been sort of with a group of friends and they have tactics to, I suppose, seduce people into bed, I suppose. Mm -hmm. Um, But then she meets you and she thinks, oh, this guy is the real ticket. He is everything that I've been hoping for. And actually, I want something more meaningful. So she goes, she pulls out all the stops to seduce you. And it works. But then obviously... You know, is 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 that person? The, you know, what we we thought he might be. We'll have to, you know, I don't know. Like, be careful you know. what you wish for. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and I thought it does, it does, it does sort of I promote, I guess, a lot of questions around dating, and it is, it's such a fun thing these days, particularly with apps, and yeah, I mean, there's so much to kind of delve into there.
1: Well, there is, and what I really loved about the film was that it, it had this air of nostalgia about it. I, I loved rom coms when I was growing up, but I I feel like. There's not as many of them anymore, and the ones that I have seen recently have not really done it for me. It feels like they sort of lost their way a little bit, and there Mm. was an element... And I think tech, maybe, is a reason why that's happened, because it's taken all the love and the mystery out of stuff. But what I loved about players is that it doesn't rely on that. It's not about people swiping left or right. It's about this group of people using their imagination to lure people in the old-fashioned sense and um and it it just leads for a very sort of playful um like tone to the whole movie i suppose and uh, it's about people interacting as opposed to people being on their phones and um i love that about it for sure
0: because i mean obviously you can meet through work and i suppose technically they they did but actually meeting at a bar and striking up a conversation saying oh you know maybe I could get your number it just doesn't feel like it happens these days.
1: I don't think so I mean if it's going to happen anywhere I think New York is probably the place I think New York still (laughs) sort of prides itself on being like the singles capital of the world and it does have that element of you could meet anyone at any time in a bar you know there's millions of single people there so that was a, a nice sort of Thing that happened actually because of covid we ended up shooting it in new york even though it was set in new york we were going to shoot it in vancouver and then because okay. of covid rules and regulations they decided to shoot it in new york and i was like well this never happens um but that that you know I, I think again it sort of added to that authenticity of it and feeling like oh you know even though these people are not on dating apps i totally believe that this can happen
0: it also shows with dating, I think, because I, I have used the apps in the past. And it is, it's not fun, Tom. It's not good fun at all. But you, you do have to put the effort in. You have to put the work in. You know, it, can, it, it almost can be like a full-time job in itself. And yeah. this film very much highlights that. She pulls out all the stops, yep. know everything about your character. A, a level yeah. of, sort of social stalking that would probably go beyond the norm. If we're being
1: honest, oh, I would, I would say so. You know, it's very, very, <laughs> very, very thought through and deliberate. Yeah. Um <laughs> I think if Nick had any idea of how it happened, he'd be like, "You are insane! Leave me alone!" Um, he'd be horrified. Yeah. He'd be absolutely horrified. But no, I think I, I, I loved that element of it. You know, it felt like there's this group. It's like a sort of romance heist, basically. And there's it yeah, just it ticks is. along, and it's sort of Ocean's yeah. Eleven pace of like, yeah. you know, we do this, and then this one happens. It just, it, it really is, um, it's a fun, a fun watch, which I don't always say about stuff that I'm in, by the way, but I, I kind of... Oh, it is a fun I,
0: watch, for sure.
1: I was really nervous about watching it, and then I finally, I think they gave it to me, and I had it for two weeks, just, and I was like, I can't do it, I can't bring myself to do it, because I am notoriously terrible at watching myself. But I sat down and watched it with my wife, and we laughed our way through it. And, you know, and she's a pretty harsh critic as well. So I was... She's a uh, screenwriter, uh, right? So she's... She is. She's got very yeah. high standards. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting how you can have this perception of somebody and then, like, because throughout the film, I guess it is a bit of a... There's a bit of a plot twist at the end in that you feel like this mm-hmm. guy is so charming. He's, you're obviously a very good-looking man and he's got this incredible job and this story behind him. But actually, you spend a little bit more time and dig a little deeper, you find out... Hey, he may, he may not be the guy that we we thought he was.
1: No. It was fascinating, actually. I got sent this script uh, probably a couple of days. Uh, so I'm, because I, I live in the States now, my one thing that I do every week to remind me that I'm British is listen to Desert Island Discs. Um I love that. And, and I think I, I, it must have been like a couple of weeks before this script came in, but I listened to Jeremy Bowen's Desert Island Discs, and... Um, and I immediately, I always think of him when I think war reporter, mm. but it was fascinating listening to him talk and talk about, you know, you see this very serious side of the job and it's very dangerous side of the job that they involve themselves in, but there's also an element of ego and selfishness and, you know, non, you know, completely non-committal in your personal life because of what you're doing and all of these other things. And it's he, you know, it's saying it gives you a sense of, self-importance in a way that you you don't expect. And so I very much had that front and centre when I was thinking about Nick and just about, you know, the image that you get front and centre to start with is very much not who that person is or what is driving that person uh, underneath it all.
0: Funny enough, I do do kind of get that, though, that they are putting themselves in these incredibly dangerous situations. So I, I can understand... The ego bit that does
1: make sense. No, to me, for sure, actually. it's like a hero complex. It's yeah. like they want they want to yeah, be seen in really. these stressful situations. And then people go, "Wow, you're so brave! I can't believe you did this for these people or told this story about these people." And there's a lot of sort of self backslapping happening yeah. <laughs> that you don't yeah. really sort of you don't really notice. Yeah, I can totally get that. um
0: What comes out on Valentine's Day?
1: Mm-hmm. Looking
0: forward to you know more people seeing it, getting the reaction um talk, talking about other films uh looking at another interview that you did uh lucifer you said that potentially i've got to reference something about lucifer because the fans will kill me if i don't <laughs> um there is a serious fan going on that's so that's very evident you said if, if there was a good script put in front of you for a movie not necessarily the series because you felt like you know you've you've done a lot there and you've had a lot of success but if there was a good script for a movie you would consider it is that is that fair
1: Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, I spent so long playing him, you know, we really kind of exhausted the story. And I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean, like, we really kind of... We got everything out of it that we possibly could. Mm. That's a lot of episodes, right? It's like, I think we did 92 episodes in total. (laughs) And Netflix were very open about the fact that they would love to keep doing it. But, you know, my contract had come to an end and I was... You know, I'm an actor, and I like to play different characters. And I, I just got to that point where I think I—I was—I wanted to finish before I got tired of playing him. Leave them wanting more, Tom. Exactly. Well, I say that to people. It's like that, that is, you know, the old adage: leave them wanting more. It's the same reason Miranda never carried on doing more episodes of Miranda because, you know, why? Leave them wanting more. But also, if you continue to do it and give them a diluted product because there's literally nothing else to kind of like pull on, then that would be unsatisfying. It's like, you know, mm. I'd love, you, no one wants to do a Game of Thrones ending <laughs> it used to be the thing that sort of, which I think is really unfair because Game of Thrones was fantastic and the ending was what it was, but it, it just, I, I felt like we had a good end. And so why would we do more if, only, and if it's just to satisfy people that, just want more, then leave them wanting more, because that's not why we made it in the first place. So with it being a character that I love and a group of people that I love, um, I never say never. And as a TV format, I think, yes, we have exhausted it. If a script came in and it was good and I didn't look 25 years older than I was when I first played it, <laughs> oh, then... Please. I'd certainly <laughs> consider it for sure, but uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm having fun being other people right now. No, that totally makes sense.
0: <laughs> Actually, you mentioned Miranda. I was quite surprised. It was only twenty apps you did. I, I was yeah. I, it really threw me off when you said that. It was. It was yeah. felt like you know you'd done quite a bit more.
1: Well, it's it's on all the time, so you know. Well, I that think probably. Is. I mean, that's I modern think, day, right? I suppose. Yeah. It is, and it's and it's. You know, people talk about Faulty Towers—only twelve episodes—but like people still reference it. There's yeah. this iconic moment in British comedy, and the same with Miranda. She's got twenty. I don't ever want to use the word "perfect" in a glib way, but I think there's twenty perfect episodes of Miranda, and she was aware that, like, if she did more than that, that she may well jeopardise that. And I think she'd rather have twenty perfect episodes than. You know, forty episodes of which twenty were great, and some you could take or leave.
0: Yeah, I kind of I got the sense with your conversation about Lucifer then that, like I said, the passion runs out. That's a concerning place to be, isn't it? Because you need
1: well, the that passion the and the story. Yeah, you know, you've got it's got to have because we, you know, they our writers were great and they really cared about the story. And I'm like, if you really care about the story, then we need to end it.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> because every good story has an ending, and the The economics in the states are very different to what they are in the u k, and this is why you get things that go on for nine, ten, twelve seasons. But uh I just feel like that wasn't what Lucifer was ever going to be.
0: Well, who knows? Maybe that script will will come in and maybe we'll say issue We'll know. see <laughs> I can I can hear the fans screaming in my ear begging. Yes, I know
1: <laughs> and they would be they they totally would be.
0: It's quite interesting that like, the the fan base is is a, a lot from Brazil isn't there and there's a different different corners of the globe it's, it's one of the incredible. most
1: fascinating one of the most fascinating things is I it was I went I had a meeting at um Instagram a few years ago and they were trying to show me how to use Instagram more effectively <laughs> um, uh, which I'm still terrible at but they basically they had a spreadsheet of where all my followers were from and they were from all parts of the globe but basically every country that they, it was big in was predominantly a catholic country
0: Which is interesting given Lucifer is playing the devil. Exactly. But I
1: think this inherent kind of fascination with the character of the devil is what kind of brought people to it maybe in the first instance. But, yeah, it's like 35% of my Instagram followers come from Brazil. And I've never been to Brazil. I know. I'm almost scared to go.
0: Uh, (laughs) You got to um, at some
1: point. I was actually, I was shooting something in Mexico last year and again i had no concept of how popular it was there but i it's the closest i've ever felt to feeling like a beatle was being in, in mexico oh, really? it was really yeah it was crazy it was crazy That's
0: incredible
1: i know but it, it it again the power of netflix it traveled it really to, does yeah it, it traveled worldwide and it traveled worldwide at the same time like everyone saw it at the same time and so it just had this kind of you know the social media aspect of it and this group watching element to it this global group. It was very overwhelming, actually.
0: Was that quite instant in terms of when they obviously picked it up after the third series? Did you feel that a sense that, okay, this fandom is going to another level now post
1: Fox? Yeah. I mean, I had had this, I had a, a sort of strange experience with when the show got cancelled and picked up because I had been, since the show started, I'd, I'd done a few sort of press trips to go and promote it in different parts of the world. And at that moment in time, it wasn't on Netflix. It was a Fox show and then people would buy it in different territories and put it on whatever platform. And in the during the first three seasons, I'd done a few of those trips and I started to kind of feel, I was like, oh my God, this show feels like it's really popular. Like I've never had this sort of level of being stopped in, in, in public and stuff and, and not just in one place, like everywhere I go. And, I was having that experience whilst at the same time, Fox, it, it felt like Fox didn't really know how popular it was. I think the numbers that, it, that were happening on Fox were still based on the old Nielsen ratings. And it was, you know, it was a show that was doing okay, but it wasn't like blowing it out of the water. Mm. And it, it was a, a different studio, it was Warner Brothers that made it for Fox. And sometimes when that relationship happens, You know, it doesn't benefit the network as much as it benefits the studio, et cetera, et cetera. So for whatever business reason, Fox decided to cancel it. But I knew when they canceled it, I was like, but it feels really popular. I don't really understand this decision. And I I knew for like a bit of time before the cancellation, I knew I had about four or five days where I knew it was going to get canceled. And I just kept thinking to myself, when people find out about this, I wonder how it's going to be received. Because I keep, I'm inundated all the time with when are we going to find out about the new season? Blah, blah 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 blah, and I wondered whether I was living just in a tiny little microclimate, or whether this was like whether I wasn't dreaming it. And lo and behold, the show gets cancelled, it gets announced, and my, you know, it just she social media, social media exploded. <laughs> yeah. I go on, to, a social media exploded, and this is the one that got me. I got invited onto Newsnight to talk about it, and I was like. This is bonkers. This is like newsnight, as yeah, in the grown-up, the grown-up BBC Two show. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I went on and talked about it, and then yeah, I just it, it just it didn't stop. The noise didn't stop from the fans, and then Netflix swooped in, picked us up. Yeah, what's that around? And then it exploded after that because everyone got it at the same time, and it was on in so many different territories. And I think you know. Most people in the world, when you say the devil, they know they have some idea of who that character is. It's a well-known character, yeah. and it just yeah. I, guess, I don't know.
0: I guess one of the few instances where you feel like the good of social media.
1: Yes. Yeah, I have a love-hate relationship with social media, and that certainly was a was a was a love side of it.
0: And you have a bit of a challenge around people wanting to impersonate you online, which is probably tricky as yeah, well.
1: Yeah. I think that's just one of the sad phenomena that comes along with social media these days, is that I I get messages constantly from people saying, Oh, I thought I was talking to you or I sent money to you, which happens Oh my God. Like a ridiculous amount. And it's incredibly sad and frustrating that it's easy for people to do that and easy for people to fall for it and you know i every opportunity i get i will tell people i only have one account on instagram i have one account on twitter and that is the only account and the only way i'll ever speak to people and if you get duped by somebody else i am incredibly sorry but you have to be aware that those people are out there and we don't have any control over it so just know that you know there is one account instagram one account twitter and that is it that's it. Yeah. And definitely not TikTok.
0: Definitely not you know, no. a minefield. <laughs> Um before we talk about sort of uh, projects that are coming up and, and and wrap up, um, quick plot twist person question. Unexpected mm-hmm. source of inspiration. You've mentioned Claire Pender. Mm-hmm. But are there are there other figures that come to mind when you think of unlikely sources of
1: support and friendship um, and guidance? Unlikely sources of support. I think well, I think my kids in the best possible way in that they don't support me <laughs> my kids keep me incredibly grounded they're the first to diss me they're the first to kind of you know say something horrible or talk about my big nose or you know they're just they're, just, they're a welcome relief and and something I'm very glad that I have yeah, at the, You know, in a world where people are incredibly nice and complimentary and all of those things, it could be very easy to get carried away with that. But my kids make sure that I am incredibly, not even grounded, I'm like under the ground. They're like standing (laughs) on me and pushing me down. I love that.
0: (laughs) Now, congratulations as well in Tell Me Lies, series which has just been announced. It's a project you you do with your your wife, Megan. Um, That must be a lovely thing to be able to do together and collaborate on.
1: Yeah, we've done it. We've. This is the second time actually. I did a bit on a, a show that she wrote before, and she is incredible. I mean, she's an incredible writer, first and foremost. She really is a very special, talented person, and you know, the opportunity to work on "Tell Me Lies" was something I was super excited about because I was a fan of the show after watching it. But it's something very different to what I've been doing as well, as a piece and as a tone and all of those things so yeah and then just to be a family because it's a difficult profession sometimes in terms of how much time you're expected to spend away from your loved ones mm-hmm. and as i've gotten older uh, as things have grown for me uh career-wise i have a little bit more say a little bit more control about that element and you know it's a dream at the moment we're in Atlanta together shooting on this and we've got our baby with this and we're living as a family and you know i've got my other kids coming out in a week it's a dream like i've spent a lot of times in hotel rooms on my own raiding the minibar and, uh, <laughs> and just you know waking up with a tola and wrapper stuck to my face going god this is it <laughs> it's just yeah it's lovely um on all on all counts creatively satisfying and and personally fulfilling Oh, you earned it, dude. You earned it. Thanks, mate.
0: What, 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 what other things? Anything else? Because I get a sense that you're looking for, you know, different options to, you know, maybe test yourself. Um, yeah. What other things can we can we expect? Anything else that um, you'd want to call out before uh, in the in pipeline? Uh, yeah,
1: so I've got I've, I I did my first ever animated series this year. I got promoted from being the devil to being God. In there's an adaptation. So there's a card game called Exploding Kittens and yes. uh netflix have done an animated series um an adult animated series uh, i should add to go alongside it and i play god godcat uh, who is god <laughs> trapped in the body of a cat um <laughs> uh, which was incredibly good fun actually i've never done that sort of thing before and it was really fun so that comes out and then uh, that comes out on netflix in a few months i think and uh tell me lies will be out i believe later in the year and then i did a thing uh, for hulu a big sort of uh, nine-part epic costume drama called Washington Black, which is a ad- adaptation of a novel, which is a fantastic novel. And I th- I'm i not sure when that comes out, but it is in the pipeline. We've made it, it's shot, it's going through the edit process. Obviously, the strikes and everything have really delayed things big time. Mm, um, of course. So that is coming out. I'm very excited about that as well.
0: It's one of those on IMDb, it says post-production, but you don't quite know when it's landing. Exactly, yeah. yes. It's in yeah. post. <laughs> yeah well good luck with those uh congratulations on players looking forward to the reaction on valentine's day and just thank you for your time it's lovely to chat oh, with you dude
1: thanks tom you too hopefully we
0: can uh, next time we do it we'll we'll actually be in the brecon beacons and actually do it properly and oh, do it lovely coffee
1: and yeah. that'd be amazing <laughs> thanks tom thanks mate take care
0: So there you go, Lucifer fans. If there's a good script, a movie isn't off the cards. That's pretty exciting. Lots of takeaways from that interview with Tom. Big thank you to him. The plot twist was really interesting. I I just assumed beforehand it would be about Lucifer, but actually it was that step before. Doing those mid-season auditions for pilots, nearly after giving up, how many times have we heard that on the podcast, gets a lead role in a show called Rush 24 hours after sending the tape, which is pretty wild in itself. Rush is then cancelled after the first season, but ultimately it's the calling card that he needed to show a US audience that he could play a leading man. And of course, then goes on to Lucifer and five years of that very much cements his place. I watched Players, his new film on Netflix with Gina Rodriguez. If you like a lighthearted comedy, do go and check it out. It's good fun. If you want to continue the Valentine's theme up until the weekend, that's a good film to watch. Also, it introduced me to the world of chess boxing, which I never knew was a thing. You do a few minutes of chess and you have to do a three-minute round. The most wild thing that actually is true. So there you go. There's something. And if you want more Tom Ellis, even collaborating with his wife, Megan Oppenheimer, Tell Me Lies series two will be coming out down the line. So do check that out. So, big thank you to Tom Ellis. Now, I mentioned at the top of the show that Jodie Foster is coming on the podcast. Yes, the two time Academy Award winner will be on Plot Twist next week to talk about her new series of True Detective Night Country, the fourth installment of the series. It's available on Now and Sky to Watch. You can watch five episodes currently. It is absolutely brilliant, set in northern Alaska, this eerie backdrop. It's spooky, it's provocative. I'm going to go as far as saying it's my favourite in the franchise so far. I know, big statement. So much to discuss around that show. And actually, probably the most intriguing plot twist we've had for some time, given the scale of her career and how long she's been in entertainment. Since the age of three. Looking forward to that. And until next time, ciao guys.